0: Your family comes from Thailand where it's uh, almost everybody's buddhist. We have nothing like that here where everybody has something. What is it like to live in a pure culture of something? What is the expectation and what is that belief system?
1: Yeah, um kind of like you've already touched upon um you know, my parents are from Thailand. I was born here in the states, but you know, from an early age, you know, I was I was made aware that to be Thai is essentially to be Buddhist. And like you alluded to about 95% of Thais are identify as Buddhist. And what Buddhism teaches is essentially that there is suffering in the world. So they, they acknowledge that there is suffering in the world and um, what the Buddha taught was essentially a philosophy of how to, how to navigate this life with the minimum amount of suffering. And the goal is to you know once you're once you're reborn and reincarnated you'll be in a better place in the next life and the ultimate goal is not heaven it's essentially not to be reborn so it's essentially going into nothingness so that you don't have to experience the suffering in the world anymore
0: And and that would be nirvana
1: exactly exactly nirvana and so you know uh, if you look at the monks, they don't have clothes. Uh, they just wear the robe. They they shave their head, um, and essentially that's to reduce the attachment you have in this life. Because the, the philosophy essentially is, if you don't have any attachments, then when those things are taken away from you, then you won't suffer as much, right? Like, right. So not even like the a wife. You know, the monks won't have wives. Uh, you're not going to be attached to uh, material things because you know, that will come and go. And then it's like limiting what you're attached to so that you reduce suffering.
0: So it's more of a philosophy of life and a religion in that uh, there isn't a God,
1: right? Correct. Yeah. So the Buddha never teaches or focuses on um, the spirit realm or God, right? Um, Now, what you see, the interesting is, as I learned, the interesting thing is that at least in Thailand, and I, th- I would suspect in many Buddhist countries, there's a deep awareness of the spiritual realm. Right. Right. So in Thailand, you're going to see a lot of spirit houses um, at people's homes or in restaurants. Even in America, if you visit a Thai restaurant, most likely they'll have a shrine or something. It's because there's a deep awareness of the spiritual wor- world and the traditional Buddhism, which doesn't talk about the spirit realm, it mixed in with the local, I would say, animism or the... The belief that there's spirits everywhere, like in the in the rocks and the trees, and that was and there animals. before Buddhism arrived, right? yeah Animism. Yeah. And so, so when, when yeah, so, sorry.
0: No, no, I'm sorry. So Buddhism is, Buddhism can be adapted for the local culture.
1: Right? It it seems like that, so Buddhism, the way I've heard it put, is it becomes like a veneer where it gets put onto or mixed in with other things. Um, so in Thailand, you'll see them. Buddhism mixed in with animism where they'll offer incense to shrines or, or food for the spirits just so that they would appease them. Meaning like, if I give yeah. you these offerings, don't bother me. You'll see it mixed in with Hinduism and other things like that. So, you know, in a lot of ways, like, yeah, it, it's, it's just, a, it gets mixed in with other things. Because even
0: Western quote Buddhism, not that I'm an expert, but it doesn't seem like anyone's trying to reach nirvana it seems like more just um, an, an educated group that wants to stress relief, <laughs> basically. Right, 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 Meditate and clear the mind and maybe at a deeper level, at the most, maybe channel your inner self or channel some kind of energies out there and find guidance, but they don't really know what. And that exactly. seems to be the Western. Buddha, right, though. right. That's that And to be able to right. quote the Buddha yeah. is cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Trendy. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Mm.
0: So it, in, in a lot of other cultures, it's, uh, they're open about spirituality, whether good or bad. Westerns kind of keep it behind closed doors unless it's dark. That seems to be okay to be out in the open, mm. kind of like uh, cult or paranormal right. kind of things. But when you're uh, – in a culture that's 95 percent of some kind of thought, actually, I don't know if you can answer this. Is it's just a thought I'm having right now? Is mm-hmm. so. My confusion with Buddhism is, if you reach a state of Nirvana, and and it's nothingness, uh, is. It, is it nothingness, and that you've reached a state of clearness in yourself, where you no longer suffer, or you no longer have to be reborn, or exist at all? So the only way not to suffer is to um, not live.
1: I think, uh, from from my understanding, that's what it is. Where you don't, you just turn It's just nothingness, where you don't have to be reborn. Um, you just cease to exist, and that's, that's depressing. The yeah. So that's yeah. So I found out what whatever what I struggled with is it was. I couldn't find true hope in, in that. And I,
0: there is no hope in that.
1: Right. It's almost like a survival mentality. And that's the way I discovered it to be. And that's, it, it, it didn't fulfill my need personally.
0: It's, it seems like, it seems like a, a hopeless thing. So what happened with you? You grew up in the States, but you, were you in like some kind of, um, you lived around family and friends that came from Thailand? You're in a community.
1: Right. I mean, um, you know, with, uh, with our community, um, the Thai community generally is very is pretty small here in the states. So um, we would congregate at the Buddhist temple. You know, so when when growing up, I would I would attend on Sundays. We would learn Thai, but we'd also learn Buddhism. Um, and summer school we had there. So I essentially grew up at the temple in that in that context uh, to be with community.
0: Is our Thai food really Thai food here?
1: <laughs> um, there are some good spots. Uh, I just recently went to Thailand, and I believe a lot of it has to do with the ingredients. So, you know, I think I think there are some really good places here in the states. Um, yeah, okay. It won't compare, but it's good. It's still good.
0: <laughs> so you were were you like college age or something, and began questioning, or what was your struggle?
1: Yeah, I mean, my my struggle started way before college age. So, um, I have a younger brother. He's two years younger than me. And uh, I would say I was in my, maybe I was 12. uh, He was 10, two years younger. And we started experiencing supernatural things in the house. Uh, So voices, hearing voices, doors closing by themselves uh, to the point where my brother and I would, we would have to comfort one another because our parents at that age, they think you've had too much candy or you watch too many scary movies. So we would comfort each other. Um, It would make us... It would make itself sound like it was uh, someone in the family, so it could be like mm. my mom calling my voice, but my mom wasn't even home. Um, you know, it could be my brother calling me, and then you know I'd run to him, and he 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 just had no clue what I was talking about. It's just things like that happening in the house. Um, yeah. yeah, so we were scared. We were scared after a while, and for me, that pushed me closer to Buddhism because that's my natural. You know, I grew up in that environment. So I was like, I need to find answers. So I I dove deeper into Buddhism. Um, Meditation, uh, the chanting, uh, talking to the monks at the temple.
0: What did you have to chant?
1: Uh, Buddhists have these these chants in in Bali. It's another language, not even Thai. But it's just essentially... um, Just kind of confirming your belief in the teachings of the Buddha, and you're just chanting. And a lot of times, many people don't even know what it is you're you're actually chanting. It's just the chants that were taught at the temple.
0: Okay. And mm -hmm. And at the temple, how strict is it as far as um, learning the teachings of the Buddha? Is it something everyone has to know, or is it? No,
1: I I, I say it's uh, it's it was included in kind of our upbringing, but you know, depending on the person, how much you wanted to take away from it. You know, there's nominal Buddhists, there's, there's people who, who went through the motions, but they don't really, you know, they don't really practice. And so right. different variations. Um, in Thai culture, you become a monk, you know, twice. Well, I became a monk. You're supposed to become a monk. I became a monk you twice.
0: Did. Did you Shave yeah, your
1: head? my head, orange robe. Ah, um, do you have a I, picture? I do have a picture somewhere. I gotta <laughs> find it, but I was, you know, just for a month each time. Um, but, yeah, essentially, it wasn't until undergrad in my in my college uh, years where I actually heard the gospel um, for the first time. And so it started off more as kind of friendly debates. You know, this is what Christianity teaches, and I would talk about what Buddhism teaches and why Buddhism is better and things like that. And uh, I had one friend, though, who who I vividly remember sharing the gospel with me, but it was in a way that was not – Aggressive or combative. I knew that she cared about me, and I, mm-hmm. from just the way she was sharing the gospel with me, I knew that she truly believed what she was saying, and that she thought that I, it was important for me to hear. So I, I let her. I actually let her share the gospel, and I actually listened, and I thanked her. And then I shared. Then I went on to share Buddhism with her. So I, I did not believe, but I remember that it was shared to me. And and I, I, I got a better picture of who Jesus was and what he did for me. You know, I didn't believe, but that's kind of how I first heard the gospel. Uh, at the same time, in, in my college years, I really began struggling with uh, depression. And I uh, began, it's hard to describe, but it was almost like hearing an internal voice, a voice that would tell me if I don't do X, you know, whether it be if I don't say something specific or if I don't yell in down the hallway, then something bad's gonna happen to someone I love, like my parents or my brother. And I was like, okay, where's this coming from? And it's probably not real, but because I love my parents so much, I'm just, I would sometimes give in and just do kind of what these voices prompted me to do. Um, and it it, it sometimes caused me so much anxiety that it would make me late for things and. So I actually went to the school counselor and they they couldn't help me. So they they sent me somewhere outside of the campus and they had diagnosed me with um, depression and OCD because it took so much of my time. And it's almost like I was arguing with myself in my mind. They said they diagnosed OCD, depression. And uh, that lasted until my mid 20s. And I was going from therapist to therapist, psychologist to psychologist, psychiatrist to psychiatrist. Uh, at, at the most, I had 12 pills a day that I had to take to kind of alleviate these symptoms. So it was really like a crippling thing for me. I really struggled with it. Um, but the last therapist I saw, and it was around the age of 25, it was actually a Christian a Christian therapist. And I remember at the first interview, she, told, she asked me, well, she tells me that this is a Christian clinic. And I said, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. You know, um, I just need help. And she would offer to pray for me after every session, and and she did. And she was the last therapist I ever saw, meaning, like, the symptoms got manageable. Um, I I got off the pills, and I I was like, okay, well, she must be a really good counselor or whatever it is is working. So I thought, you know, it's manageable now. Uh, The supernatural experiences, though, um, they never really stopped. They would they would wane in kind of frequency, sometimes more often than others, but it was always still there in the background. But I guess I kind of got more numb to it and less scared, uh, just kind of living with it. And it, fast forward to when I'm 30 now, I am went back to school for my master's, and as I was studying for, for my classes, I was studying at my parents' house, and uh, I had gone upstairs to get a snack. And then on the way back to studies, I went back down, and then That was the moment where I, I actually saw something for the first time, like in terms of something had walked by the light where I could see the arms and see the legs and see the head and it was like a shadow figure. And so I froze, I was like, what is, what's, what was that? And I kind of looked around the room, there's no one there. I thought someone had come in the room while I was getting my snack, but there was no one there. And so it, it freaked me out, but I just brushed it off, went back to my studies. However, on Sunday, I go back to or that weekend, I went back to the Buddhist temple and I end up talking to the monk that's there, he who was my mentor, spiritual mentor, and I tell him what happened and he, he tells me, oh, well, you know, it, it, what we believe is that if if a spirit or a person doesn't have enough um, merit, meaning enough, they have they haven't done enough good in their lives, um, then their spirit can't move on or be reborn. Um, so I said, okay, so that might be what's going on here. And so I said, well, what what should I do to get rid of this thing? And he said, you have, you can share your merit with the spirit. So I said, okay, how do I do that? And he tells me, you know, go back, um, meditate. And as you're meditating, you can offer to the spirit to share your merit. And so I went back home. I trust him. i go back home. You know, I'm in the room where I first.
0: You didn't share your snap, did you?
1: <laughs> no, I did not. Okay. Um, but you know, as I was meditating, the room, the room kind of it felt colder as I was meditating. And I was like, okay, well, I think I think something's here. So I I offered. I said, you know, I'll, I'll share my merit with you. And then I I felt the cold, but it was it was com- like inside now. Like it wasn't just outside. Um, and so I knew something was wrong. And so I asked my parents, I said, "Hey, are you guys cold?" And they're like, "No, why?" And I said, "Never mind." So from that moment on for the next two weeks it was it was like scary movie stuff, right so um i when i when I would be driving uh at nighttime and you pass the streetlights, uh, when I passed the street light, the street lights would just often just turn off, right I would just pass the street light, it would turn off, and it would happen not every street light, but enough for me to know that this is not normal. Uh, you know, I, I, started sensing things in the house and, um, hearing like footsteps in the house. And so when, when it was no one, you know, and so I, 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 at 30, I got scared to stay at home. So I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. I actually go to my friend's apartment near my, near the university and I sleep on his couch. Uh, I did that for a little bit, but then I saw the that shadow figure kind of go across the wall at his house, at his apartment. And so, okay, I know something's following me. I don't want my friend to deal with it. So I pack up my stuff and I leave. And it's about 10 at night, you know, so I actually drive to the Buddhist temple. I knock on the door and the monk, he, he opens the door and lets me in. He gives me a room. And so I stay there for the night. And in the morning, we talk. You know, he he does some Buddhist prayers for me. He does some kind of um, almost like an offering for the spirit.
0: And, what would a Buddhist prayer be like? Um,
1: you know, there's, it's, it's, it's more, it, it was, it wasn't in Thai, so I didn't understand it, but it was like, um you know, they chant in, in that language, Bali. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, you know, there's Buddhist holy water. Um, there's an offering, so he, there was like a little package that, you know, I I would kind of present to the monk and the monk would kind of be the go-between and kind of just, it's almost like an offering to the spirit for appeasement, right? And uh, he says, you know, if it doesn't get better, just just come back. And so a few days later, I I come back and I said, hey, like it's still going on. And we sat and talked and ultimately he tells me, you know, I don't know, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, Some people just have a weaker mind. And so for me to hear that, I was, I was getting hopeless because I'm like, if my mentor, my spiritual mentor doesn't know how to help me, then I'm in big trouble. So I'm, I'm just down, you know, at the same time, I still have to go to school. So I'm back at the university and, uh, I was, I got out of class maybe around 10 o'clock at night and I'm walking to my car and I'm just hopeless. You know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. And. I uh, I get it to the car and I turn on the I turn on the car, and there's a there's a preacher or a pastor on my radio and he's preaching and I I was like what's going on because I'm listening to like hip hop stations or top forty, and I'm like why is there a pastor on my radio right now? And for me, I was like okay if if God is trying to talk to me right now, I'm gonna listen to hear what he has to say. So I I listen to what he preaches about and he asks a question. He says he asks do you ever feel like you're in the middle of the ocean and there's waves hitting you from every direction? And I said, yeah, I kind of feel like that right now. And then he asked, do you ever wonder why God would put you in that situation? And I said, yeah, sure. He goes, sometimes God allows those waves to hit you so that they, that they can push you closer to him. So I took that as if all this craziness is happening to me for the purpose of me meeting God, then I'll go visit the church. You know, so Sunday comes around. Uh, my friends from undergrad ten years ago invited me to a church, so I, I knew where it was. Um that Sunday I didn't tell them I was coming, I just show up because I'm just like if if God is trying to speak to me, I'm gonna go and hear what he has to say. So I go to the church, I sit in the back corner, um I don't announce myself to anyone, I just kinda sneak into the back and just my friends are there but they don't see me right away. And the preacher's preaching and uh in in his during his message he 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 pauses and he he starts talking about demons and the things that he was describing was the things that i was going through so i thought it was crazy i was like what is happening right now because he's describing my situation and after service you know they close in worship and and the worship's playing and i just i'm just bawling I, i'm tears are coming out almost like everything that was holding inside i was holding inside was coming out and and my friends they actually she actually sees me and she says you know what's going on and i said i can't tell you the only one i told during this time was the monk so not my friends not my parents not my brother just the monk because it just sounds crazy so I, said, I can't tell you what's going on but um yeah, I'm just struggling with something, and so she says, "Hey, after after the after worship, after the service, would you at least come up to get prayer?" And I said, "Sure." So I go to the front after service, and there's a couple pastors there, leaders, and they ask, you know, "What can I, How can we pray for you?" And I told them a little bit about what I was going through, and but they knew, you know, they knew what was going on, and and they said, "Look, we can pray for you." And the only way to be free, but the only way to be free is to accept Jesus as your Lord and savior. And I said, no, I'm, I'm Buddhist, I'm not gonna do it. And uh, so they say, okay, we'll we'll just pray for you. We'll just bless you. So they blessed me and I actually felt better. So I, I go home, you know, I haven't been up. I, I just decided to go back to my house, parents house and I sleep there cause I think, oh, I'm feeling better. You know, that night was actually like the scariest night um, <laughs> of that whole episode. And so I wake up Monday morning and I said, something has to change. I can't live this way anymore. And so I remember praying, you know, during this time I was praying, I remember praying to both Buddha and Jesus. And I said, I need to know who's real, right? I need to know what's going on. Right. I, I need, I need, I need answers. I need help. And so I, I remember praying to God and I said, God, if, if you want me to, you know, be a Christian then I need your help with my parents because I I want to honor them. You know, I don't want to just go behind their back and change my faith and 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 hurt them. So I said, please, you know, if you want me to do this, then you gotta help me with my parents, because that was really important to me. So I catch them on Tuesday morning before work, before they go to work, and I I sit them down and I talked to them and I said, Hey, I'm struggling with something. I'm going through a hard time and they knew they could see it on my face, but they didn't know what was going on. So I said I think i found something that can help me though and they said they asked they said sure what, what is it and i said religion and they said which one and i said christianity and they said sure if you think that's going to help you then and then go ahead and for me i was shocked because it was so easy almost like wait what did you say <laughs> and so they went to work and then i go to the the senior pastor's house and i sit with him and he goes over the gospel with me. He tells me about Jesus and what he did on the cross. And, and, and that he rose again. And he invites me to you know, follow him. And he asked me, do I want to follow him? And I said, yes, like I, I want to. So he prays for me. Um, he leads me through the sinner's prayer. And I, I I leave his house and I have to go to school. And I, I was like, I guess I'm a Christian now. Um, but nothing, you know, I still felt the cold. I, I was still... Oh, yeah. So for that whole two weeks, I was pretty much cold. I was always in my jacket or hat and gloves, even if I'm indoors. I just always felt like cold. Um, So I go to school and I'm studying in the library now. Um, And I begin feeling electricity in my feet. And I was like, this is new. So what's going on? I'm trying to like get the electricity to stop in my feet and it doesn't stop. And so I, I'm like, okay, well, maybe if I'm going to get possessed, I'm going to get possessed. I don't know what's going on. I just give up. And uh, electricity, it slowly goes up my body. But everywhere below, it it was warm. So if the tingling went up to my knees, then everywhere below my knees was warm now. And it was going like that throughout the day. It was going up and up and up my body. Um, I'm in class about 9 at night at this point, And then it, the tingling on top of my head. And... I was like, I I still don't know what's going on, but I feel warm. So that's good. And uh, the moment it hits the top of my head, the lights in the classroom, they turn off and on three times. So it's like on, off, on, off, on, off. And the professor stopped teaching and he's like, whoa, there's like a ghost in here. And the kids are laughing, but I'm like, oh, it's probably me. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I leave class after, after class and I'm going to my car and I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I feel great, you know, and. I'm going to go visit my friend, the one who's, I was staying staying on his couch. So I call him up. I say, hey, I'm going to come over. Um, I'll be there in a little bit. And he says, you probably shouldn't come over. There's no power here. The power went out. And then I hear another uh, another voice in my head, and it's saying, it said, uh, if you go to his place, the power will come back on. And so I was like, okay, well, this has been a strange enough day. So, hey, I'm going to come over anyway. So I drive to his apartment, and the and yeah, the, lights, the traffic lights are out. The apartment complex is dark. I pull into the apartment complex, and all the lights come on. So I go into his apartment, and I say, hey, what's going on? What happened? He says, well, the power went out three different times, and it came back on when you got here. And I was like, okay, what is happening right now? So I, I talked to my pastor later. I told him what happened that day that I accepted Christ. And he says, oh, you know, when – when you accept Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. That's the warmth you felt coming in, and then it it pushed the spirit, the other spirits out. And I said, "Oh, okay, well, that sounds good. No, that's good. Okay." <laughs> and I, I remember, you know, in the in, in the morning, I woke up, and it was it was as if my whole life I was wearing sunglasses, and it's like the sunglasses are off birds were chirping it was the most beautiful morning I've ever seen in my life and I was like what is happening right now and it hit me I was was in my car and I was like oh my goodness Jesus is real everything my friends told me 10 years ago it's it's true and I almost God is watching me right now and I was almost like hyperventilating Like, like it just hit me all at once and that's the beginning of my journey and I was from that moment on I was like I have to know who Jesus is I have to know more about him and that that began the the journey of, of my faith uh, in Christ